What's going on? Welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Iconoffer of Pelicans.com. Pelicans hit the road for three games starting tonight in Denver, Colorado as they take on the Denver Nuggets. We have a special guest on today's show. Joining us is Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon. As most of you heard yesterday, the Pelicans did sign Didi Lozada to a multi-year contract. So Trajan's going to be here to talk to us uh, about that and some of the young guys uh, surrounding this ball club. Trajan, first of all, happy game day. How are you? Doing well, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited for our game tonight against Denver. It'll be a good test for us. Absolutely. First off, what's the weather like in Denver? I know it's about 85 here in New Orleans. Is it at least a little bit warm for you guys? Yeah, it's not that. No, okay. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little chilly here. Uh, rained all night last night, a little bit overcast. But, um, you know, I guess I wasn't here with the team three, four weeks ago, and it supposedly was really, really nice, like shorts and T-shirt weather. And unfortunately, it's not that today. Gotcha. Well, I didn't mean to rub it in. I was just wanting to check on you, make sure you were doing okay. good. <laughs> we'll get back to that heat and humidity soon enough. So absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's talk about the the signing of DD Lozada. I know he was came, you know, he was drafted, you know, draft night two years ago, 35th overall in an acquisition from Atlanta. Um, but why now? Why sign into the contract now with 11, 11 games to go? Yeah, I think for us, uh, you know, we thought a lot about after we after we drafted him, we knew we wanted to do uh have him one year in Sydney and we even talked about it this last off season, but with COVID uh, we just thought it would, it made more sense to keep him with Sydney another season. Cause we didn't know what this season in the NBA would look like. So we knew keeping him there um, with a familiar group um, and having him play a little bit more when we didn't know what this would look like. We had to make that decision really, really early in the process before we knew what this season was going to look like. Uh, and we talked to to Didi and his agent. And we said, look, if we have the opportunity to bring you over this season uh, after you've played some games and had had an opportunity to really have a second season and and uh, help your team out, then, then we'd want to do that. And I think this opportunity arose and, and we wanted to keep our word to do that, to bring him over now. And it also gives us a chance to keep working with him through the summer, uh, prepare him for the, uh, the, the hopeful summer league uh, after the draft. And, and that'll give him a lot more preparation time going into next season. What did you see from him in those, I guess, two years, you would say, in Sydney? I know you'd mentioned COVID and how much he really couldn't play uh, during that time. But what did you see from him that you really liked about his game in the, in the two years he was there in Australia? I think coming from uh, the league that he played in before, um, the Brazilian league and playing in Franca, um, obviously didn't have the coaching and the development that he needed to take it to, to really step up and play at this level. So uh, playing for Will Weaver the first season, and I think he, he learned a lot of the, um, a lot of the, the communication that's used at a, at a pro level. So uh, understanding different terminology on, on both sides of the floor is, is, is a big thing for players that haven't been in the NBA to help them translate their games. And I think, uh, learning that now for a year and a half, playing against grown men. Uh, it's The NBL is a physical league, um, and, and to play in the playoffs last year and into the finals gave him that experience of playing very important games uh, throughout the season and having an important role. And uh, I think he's going to play a similar role uh, in, with, with us that he played uh, down there with Sydney, which is you know really defending, being asked to defend one of the better perimeter players night in and night out. Um, make shots and, and make some plays when you have them off the dribble. Uh, I think yeah, he, his feel for the game has gotten better. Um, Decision-making has gotten better. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's just a little bit of a streaky 
shooter right now. And, and we gotta, we gotta get that a little bit more consistent, but the defensive effort is, is what we have really loved about Didi the whole time. And that never wanes down in Australia. I know it can get complicated with health and safety protocols and with only 11 games to go, but when will we might see Didi on the court as far as seeing him play a few games here before the season ends? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is just getting him dressed out. Uh, he's obviously past quarantine, so that's when we signed him to the contract. He's on a um, – he's got to get his work visa, which is why he's not on the trip because uh, without a work visa, he can't play in games. So we got to get that uh, done, and we're working on that currently because we couldn't start working on that until he signed his contract. So um, not sure of the timing there, but hopefully we can get that by the time um, next week rolls around and – uh, I hate to project, but hopefully at some point next week, you'll see him in uniform. Trajan, you, you mentioned, the, you know, the, these last couple seasons, which have been obviously very odd for everyone in basketball in terms of the way that the seasons have kind of unfolded. You, you said that Didi has, has improved in far, as far as communication and learning the t- terminology of basketball and that at the pro level. Um, what do you think are some of the things that you've seen in his progression you know, I think Daniel and I are, are most familiar with him as far as seeing him play in summer league two years ago, where he was really impressive. But what are what are what do you think are some of the things that he's made pr- progress on in his game over these last couple of years since then? Yeah, I think it's important at our level to be a, an active defender on and off the ball. Um, he's always been really good on the ball, uh, getting through ball screens and even chasing and blowing up um, DHO's handoffs. Uh, things like that. Um, but it's, you know, in his first season, kind of off the ball in the low man position, rotate, rotating over um, to a big rolling down the lane, you know, tagging, getting back, Xing out, cracking back, rebounding. Those are the things he struggled with early on that I, I assume he didn't see a lot of in the Brazilian league. And I think as last year ended and this year went on, you can see his focus off the ball has gotten better, uh, his positioning. Uh, the different things, the small things that might go unnoticed, but really help win games on the defensive end. Um, he has really taken steps in. I think he simplified his game on the offensive end. He's not trying to do too much, letting the game come to him a little bit more, um, thinking shot first and then driving after. Uh, I think he has a little bit more confidence in his shot this year than he had last year. But there, there are some things that, you know, this is going to be a different level than the NBL down in Sydney. And so there's going to be different things he's going to have to really work on. And again, that's why we wanted to get him here now. So he has a full summer to, to be incorporated with our staff, have them learn his game and him learn what we're going to expect from him. Uh, and so he's in a much better place in terms of being prepared going into next season. I, I imagine, you know, you just touched on this, that you guys are excited and enthusiastic about the ability for him to have the whole off season. And I know everyone around basketball is looking forward to a more normal kind of summer than what we've experienced the, you know, the last couple of years. Um, are there certain things though, that he is going to focus on as far as his off season work and, or when he plays in summer league, cause I'm sure people are going to look forward to being able to watch him play in summer league. If hopefully there is, you know, a return to however that's conducted this um, this year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the one thing I failed to mention earlier is, is he's done an amazing job working on his body and his strength. Uh, I think when we drafted him, he was 185. Uh, he's around 210 now, and it's it's all muscle. And he's become a better athlete. He's become stronger, and that's really helped his ability uh, to, to drive the ball on offense, to protect the ball, and then defensively to really guard in space and um, not get knocked back when, when players try to, to shove off or create separation. So those are things that I think he, you know, kudos to him. He's really, really 
last summer he was he spent a lot of time on the court and in the weight room and really dedicated himself to getting better um i think just learning the game at this level again the game is faster the closeouts are longer you have a lot more people to shoot the ball um guys are bigger and longer so he's just gonna have to get acclimated to that to this style of play and this level of play and i think having that we're, we're gonna want a lot of our young guys in the gym uh throughout the summer so him playing against and competing with and working out with those guys, I think will help uh, get him acclimated to that change. I think I gained the same amount of weight as Didi, but definitely mine is not in muscle. So uh, kudos to him. Um, before we get to some of the other guys, uh, when it comes to when he is able to get on the court, how are you going to evaluate him in such a, a short amount of time? Are you focusing on his individual, whether it's defense or offense, or is more importantly how he complements some of the other guys or how they complement him, whether it's B.I. and Zion on the court at the same time, or just how he meshes with the team how do you find the balance of what you're evaluating uh, just from the, the few games he might play in this season? Yeah, I think it's just, if he gets a chance to get on the court, it's just get out there and feel the game, um, make the right play. To sit, you know, he's going to be in a very similar role than he was down in Sydney and it's defend on one end. Um, and then if you get a shot, take it, if not drive a close out and make the right play, whether it's finishing in the rim or kicking out to an open shooter. So um, I think he's, he's been in those situations and he's been in important games. So um, I know he is super excited to play in these games, but um, those are the things in a nutshell that we would hope to see if he gets in games this year. And then we'll hope to build on that over the summer. A couple more questions for Pelicans general manager, Trajan Langdon here on the Pelicans podcast. You know, there's some other young guys too, that have been very impressive. And we got to start with Najee Marshall, the two way uh, player two way contract player from, from Xavier. Uh, look, I, I feel like it's rare in this league to see the amount of impact the two-way guy has had on a team as far as minutes played, what he's been able to do on the court. What, what have you seen from Najee that's kind of led him to, to have the success he's had so far with the Pelicans? Um, you know, I give Najee a ton of credit. He has worked since day one. He has embraced um, the our coaching staff and our uh, performance staff in terms of giving him what he's going to need to um, – to be able to transition to this level and to be able to compete and produce. And obviously for the first part of the season, we were full strength and he didn't get the opportunity to show that, but he continued to work in the weight room and on the court. Um, and then he was very receptive and embraced the opportunity to go to the bubble and play um, with our G league team there. And I think that is kind of what has set the table for how well he has played with us upon returning. So we thought he played very well in the bubble, helped us, uh, be one of the better teams there. And even though we got knocked out early, I thought we played some really good basketball and it was largely uh, due to the way he played on both ends of the floor. Um, and then he came back and didn't get the opportunity right away, but stayed ready. And all of a sudden we get this flurry of injuries and uh, you know, a lot of players don't always get the opportunity as a two way. Uh, and then he was blessed with that and kudos to him. Like I said before, is he's taken advantage of that opportunity and, and, uh, and has really helped us and played well. I think we've seen, you know, an obvious leap from the, the guys that were picked last year in the draft or two years ago, I guess it is now in term. And, and everyone's talked about Zion I, uh, in terms of just how much better of a player he's, he's been this year and just the jump that he's made. But um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker. I, I guess we could probably start with Jackson. What do you think has been the, what have you been the most pleased with as far as just the, the strides that he's made from the beginning of this season until now? I think Jackson's mentality has changed. I think um, obviously there was a change in, in coaching style 
um, from last year to this year, coming from offensively to defensively slanted staffs. Uh, and we knew that change would take a second to, to uh, be embraced by some, some of our players. Um, and, you know, to Jackson's credit, he has really embraced working uh, outside of the lines. So really getting himself in better shape, um, getting stronger. I think those are the things that have impacted um, his increased productivity and in his, in his, in his play as of late. So, uh, but for him, it's consistency. Um, you know, he'll have some really good games or he'll have some really good halves and, ha and, and won't uh, be as productive in the second half or in, a, in, in the next game. So I think for him is, look, let's, let's take a game where you get 15 and five, 15 and seven, and let's do the same thing to the next game or take a half where you go seven and five, and then let's do the same thing in the second half. So uh, it's keeping him focused, keeping him driven. Um, but, you know, it's, he's young. Look, he, this is a different, this is a different monster playing inside in the NBA. Um, you know, he played, he had to face DeMarcus Cousins the other day, who's a big physical type body. Um, obviously with a lot of experience in the league and, and, and Jackson is, is only a year and a half in and still 20 years old. So he's still working on that. His body hasn't reached maturity yet. That's going to take some time, but, but he is putting the work in and this experience is, is all going to pay off here soon. As far as Nikhil goes, obviously he's out right now and it's really unfortunate that he was, he had to miss this stretch of games, but before then it seemed like he was really making progress and he he's had some really standout games this season, I mean, what have you seen as far as just the, the progress and improvement he, that he's made in year two? Yeah, Nikhil is, is the definition of consistency. He comes in every day, he puts the work in, um, very disciplined in, in terms of his off-the-court habits. Um, and he's obviously there's, there's a changeover and the coaching staff is always going to be a, somewhat impactful to a young player. You have one staff that is showing him one thing and you develop relationships last year and then you have to, you know, change over and, and start up kind of start anew uh, in his second season. But I think he's done great with that. Um, hasn't been a hiccup at all. And like you said, he, he's, he's been better. He has progressed. He's been more productive. He's been a more confident player for us and was playing his best basketball before his injury. And, and uh, I feel bad for him, but we'll, we'll super excited to have him back. We miss him because uh, he just does so much for us on the court on both ends. Uh, he's a guy that's scored 30 plus in a couple games and is capable of that on any given night, um, but is also capable of, of guarding one of the better perimeter defenders on the other end. So uh, we've been excited about his progress and super excited about getting him back here. That's Pelicans general manager Trajan Lane has been very gracious with his time on a Pelicans game day as he's in Denver as the Pelicans take on the Nuggets tonight. Trajan, I really appreciate the time. Best of luck on the road trip and uh, bring back three wins for us. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There he goes. That's Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon on today's Pelicans podcast. We wanted to get him on just to, you know, primarily talk about Didi Lozada, but of course, with him evaluating talent, um, wanted to get his thoughts on Najee Jackson and Nikhil, who could be a part of this future for, for quite some time. But Jim, let's talk about currently what the Pelicans are dealing with here with 11 games to go with a Golden State Warriors loss last night to the Mavericks. They're three and a half games back, three back the loss column. Um, and a win tonight could keep them within three games on this three-game road trip. And I feel like with you playing them twice at home on Monday and Tuesday, I think the goal for this trip is to stay within those few games just to at least give you a shot um, to, to sort of control your own destiny down the stretch. Yeah, I think we talked Saturday after the Spurs loss, which was a disappointing night on the post-game radio show, about how the goal could should be to gain a game or two. Because at that point, I think there were four back 
and or maybe it was four and a half. And now you have the opportunity to do that tonight to be able to get it back down to three. And I agree with what, what you said. I, I mean, the way Golden State's playing lately and the way Steph has been, Curry's been, I, I was not expecting them to lose last night. I checked the score at one point and saw they were down by 35, 30 or 35. And I was like, thought there was something wrong with my TV set. So right. that was surprising to me that not only did they lose that game, but it, it was so one-sided. So, um, you know, opportunity tonight, like I said, to, to get, get it back, cut that one game off. And then maybe later this week, you can cut another game or two. I realize that there are people out there that are saying the season's over and that they don't have a chance. And I, I totally get that perspective, but I do think that if, if they're two games behind golden state Monday afternoon, there's no way that people are going to be saying like, Oh, season's over. They have no chance. I mean, you're talking about exciting, an exciting opportunity with those two games. So there's a lot to have that has to happen for it to get to that point. But like you said, even getting to, Getting it down to three games going into those two, you still have a chance. And as Lonzo Ball said after the game on, on our post-game show, Chicago one and zero every single game. And uh, we go back to we've done this a couple times on the post-game show, 2014-15, four games back with eleven to go. You end up getting in after going eight and three. It might be a little tougher. You might have to go nine and two, but uh, you can't say no until you actually see it happen. So uh, it starts tonight with a a long road trip, three-game road trip. Uh, Eight o'clock start tonight in Denver. Then tomorrow night, eight o'clock in Oklahoma City. And then they wrap it up on Saturday, seven o'clock against the Minnesota Timberwolves. You can watch all of them on Valley Sports New Orleans and listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And Jim will be back with me on Friday as we uh, talk about, it'll be a special edition of the podcast. Zion Williamson have, would have completed 82 games in his career with the Pelicans. And we'll go over that with some special guests on what it's been like with Zion through 82 games. Well, Jim, I appreciate the time. Let's get a W and then hopefully on Friday, we're talking about a couple of Pelicans wins here. Sounds like a plan. I'm, I'm with you on, on that. Let's, let's get this done. Let's do it. They, All right, they, big. They've done well in Denver the last couple of times they played there. So can they win three straight in Denver? I don't think too many teams can say that they've been able to do that the last few years with how good the Nuggets are. Yeah. The road team has won each game in this series. It's only been two games so far, but hopefully that pattern continues tonight in the Mile High City. Big thanks to Pelicans General Manager Trajan Langdon for coming on. And until Friday, I'm Daniel Salerson and for Jim Eichenhofer. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.